All right, all right. Thank you so much. Get that ticker out of here. Welcome back to Urban Academia. I'm one half of your host, Jay Zilla. My counterpart will be joining me shortly. But in the meantime, I wanted to uh, first thank y'all for even tuning in. Really appreciate the support, man. Excuse me. So, you see the title there. It says uh, Penn State or State Penn. And, you know, Mr. Chulo Rich and I have been trying to figure out exactly what to do with our culture and all sorts of things as he joins me live on the show. What's happening, Cap? Got the red light special going on, man. What's happening? I got you. I got you. So, yeah, as I said, you know, we titled this episode State Pen or Penn State or Penn State or State Pen, right? Mr. Rich there sent me a very interesting video. I mean, I'm going to destroy this dude's name. All right. Well, I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> uh, Jawanza Kunjufu. How'd I do? <laughs> we'll make it work man but man it's a very interesting video as a matter of fact i'm about to drop that in the link and of course if any of you guys want to join us feel free to join the conversation this is a continued struggle to try to define culture uh most notably black culture just because we're two black dudes right but of course all cultures are welcome in trying to find some answers that'll move us towards being I don't know, fruitful, socially. Um, so last time we were talking, man, which is a long time, and I definitely appreciate your, your patience with me. Uh, we were talking about how to be a better teacher in all manner of sorts, right? So coach, parent, any adult who's in a position, right, or any young adult who's in any position of power or, you know, having to lead someone, you know, how do you become a better teacher, right? And it just really has me thinking about this education thing and trying to figure out education in general as to one, why is it so important? And, you know, what does it net us? What, is, what do we get out of it? Your, your words, Mr. Rich, why is education so important? There's a way to get out of it, man. Um, we have to be able to teach these children um, step by step uh, what to do. Uh, but we have to have the overall plan of where we're going and let them care what they understand, so to speak. Um, but they still be being taught the entire time. Hold on, Tom. Um, uh, Mr. Rich, uh, I, I feel like you got some good stuff to say, but you're kind of going in and out. So I'm going to drop you out for a little bit. Uh, maybe try to come on with audio only. That'll be less pull on your device there. And make sure you drive, you safe, man. Don't be out here driving and chatting. It's just us. Uh, I don't know what you said, but I can see the smirk on your face, man. <laughs> don't worry. Hey, just come on back on. So I think while he's away, this is a, a good time to well, I'm going to go to this site first. All right, and this is uh, Habitat for Humanity. 
of Broward, right? Highly regarded, all, the, all you know, credentials, titles, titles, titles. But they had a list here, which I thought was interesting. The top 10, how's it go? Top 10 reasons, or sorry, the top 10 benefits showing why education is so important in our society. And I'm just going to run through those. I was going to throw them at Rich and see if he can catch them and give us some gems, man. But uh, oh, as he knocks back in. All right. Hey, Mr. Rich, can you hear? Let me hear you. Right, Mr. Bills. Y'all made me pull over. Are you able to hear me? I can hear you a little bit better. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna put you in the back room just for a little bit more. See if we can't work that issue out. But hey, Mr. Bills is saying y'all made me pull over. <laughs> I think you're saying you got to pull it on over, man. So look, man, I'm just go down ten through one. You know, I'm a sports guy. We we respect top tens and top fives, top twenty fives, all time lists or whatever. So I'm just gonna roll right on in. Uh, we'll start with number ten: introducing empowerment. Okay, and what this, uh, you know, what I got out of the article, which, matter of fact, let me drop that link in there. I feel like I'm back in school having to, uh, you know, use parenthetical citations and whatnot. <laughs> there we go. So this is the article, and I'm putting the link right there. Uh, for those of you who may be listening on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and Spotify, just bear with us. We're doing a little uh, theater of the mind, if you will. <laughs> so I'm showing comments and whatnot. So we're talking about the benefits of education. One of the first things that, that comes to mind is introducing empowerment. The idea that you have a person you know, who has to study, take these quizzes, do all this homework and all these things um, to, in order to do well on tests. If you test well, you can test well on bigger tests, so on and so forth. It shows a certain amount of aptitude. And I know it seems small, but honestly, those little bitty things that you get along the way through school and, uh, you know, at home, of course, uh, those are the things that help build a person. So if they're doing well, you know, they're going to do well later on in life, most likely. Right. There are always exceptions to the rules. You know, I feel like Mr. Rich and I were very good students. Uh, you all the way gone. So number 10. Oh, there he is. Number 10, introducing empowerment. So we talk about uh, here's one of the stats here. Um, the children are more likely to graduate high school at 25 percent and finish college at 116 percent. That's if you have home stability provided by own, uh, owning your own home, uh, you help your children who, who grew up in your own houses or apartments become more successful. So the idea that all of these things are kind of intertwined is what we're trying to get after tonight and moving forward. All right, number nine, we got creating equal opportunities. So not equality in outcome. So we're not talking about, you know, like a communist country, like, Everyone gets exactly what they need 
but everyone does whatever they're capable of doing, right? We're talking about creating equal opportunities. So I think, you know, a lot of people get misconstrued with the ideal of, you know, I hate this this very dirty term, white privilege, right? People aren't understanding, what's up, Mr. Rich? People aren't understanding what people mean by white privilege. Just the idea that you got to go about your life. I mean, you had some hardships. You had to work hard and all that sort of thing. But there's not a systemic sort of um, opposition waiting, you know, for you on the other side of that. So little things like that, right? Creating op equal opportunities. So everyone who's qualified get the equal chance to get the job. Not one person getting the job over the other with favors or anything like that. It becomes more you guys are, you know, you're not actively trying to keep a certain type of person out of the job, right? It's all built on competence. Mr. Rich, let's hear you now. See how you sounding. I should be a little bit better, man. Probably not Ooh, perfect. But... Silky smooth. That's what I'm talking about, man. Right. Welcome back to the show. So, yeah, man, I was kind of going through um, Habitat for Humanities uh, out of Broward's their um, top 10 list. You know, I was telling the people here, the audience, that, you know, I'm a sports guy. I know you're a sports guy. We respect top 10, top 5 lists, top 25, you know, GOAT talk, all that sort of thing. So why not use it for, you know, education talk? Now, before you we get into the top 10 list or get further into it, uh, you were telling us why education was important before you left off last time. So you want to pick back up there? Sure, man. Um, it's impossible to grow without education, simply put. Um, you, you either stay stagnant, stay put, and die, exist in, in that until you die, or you move forward, you continue to find a way. If you do not pioneer forward and find a way, death is a certainty, man. It's, it's coming. You, know, you can't sit still. And, and produce anything, you know. So you have to, uh, in order to be able to move and produce, you have to know where you're going and what you're doing. It takes knowledge to do that. You know, knowledge really yeah. is power. Knowledge is power. Man, we hear that so much, right? Knowledge is power. But what we're trying to do is figure out exactly what that means, right? And so we go back to our list here from uh, Habitat for Humanity out of Broward. Number nine, creating equal opportunities. What does something like that mean to you? <laughs> and and, and uh, <laughs> which lane are we talking? Are we talking overall? You know what? We can keep it broad, you know, because, oh, man, the tentacles stretch so far out and there are so Absolutely. many. It's, it'd be Absolutely. hard, you know. So, just broadly speaking, ah, uh, man, just broadly speaking, fair. That's that's a that's a that's a tough thing because we all know what it means. But we all, I say, we all, you and I, and others like us, we know what we deal with. You know, some of us do, some of us don't. Some of us just walk blind, you know. Um, mm. I just walk with a headache because they know what they're dealing with. Um, so I don't know, man. That's that's a tough question for me. I, I wouldn't even know 
where to begin with that. But I would I would first say if we're talking education, because that's what we've been talking about, teach us the truth. Don't right. teach us, you know, don't 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 fill our curriculum up with with meaningless garbage that at the end of the day really isn't necessarily true. Just give us truth. And if you're not gonna give us truth, give us something we can use, like a trade, you know. Right. Uh, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't leave school without any understanding of of overall what you just did and why or and or the ability to earn money you know absolutely absolutely I, I just I just I just don't see where that makes sense I, I understand they you know there's further institutions as far as college but the majority of the time you have to pay for that. So I have to pay to learn to do anything, you know, like mm. at what point am I taught? You know, the taxpayers, they, they take all this money out to pay for schools and education, but what do you teach me? You know? So. Right. So that's a big thing, right? As we talk about what exactly do we teach? Because for me, when I think about that question broadly, right, creating equal opportunities, and then you threw it back to something very important. You know, how's the Bible put it? Give a man a fish, you feed him for a few, you know, hours. Teach a man to fish, Absolutely. you feed him for a lifetime. Absolutely. Right. So this idea of what exactly are we being taught? Well, look, we, we talked about this before. Like, me and my daughter had this conversation, and I had to, we did some Googling, some research. To even figure out why uh, the bell system, like how the bell system got started, and it's very interesting that the idea of the bell system, like this is before, to do with animals. right? It's very Pavlovian, yeah. right? Pavlov's, you know, think where, hey, I'm gonna click or ring a bell. I'm gonna show you a steak. You salivate, give you the steak, right? And you do that so mm -hmm. many times that now I can remove the steak out the equation. And just ring the bell, and you're salivating. You see what I'm saying? Without any sort of reward, you know, attached to it at that point. So we were talking about the bell schedule and how back in the day it was all about getting kids ready to go to the farms or the factory. Right? You get up a certain time, you eat a little bit, you go back to work. You have a little break, go back to work. You know, and so exactly what are schools teaching us? They're teaching us how to behave. In society, right? You get up when your boss tells you to. You do what your boss tells you to. And then, you know, maybe you'll reap some benefits and rewards later. Possibly. Right? So what you're talking about is teaching people more of how to think, how to live, and not just survive, but to thrive. Do I have that right? Absolutely. On on their own, not with uh, the, the presence of, of help. You know, help is cool. But help should not always be expected or looked for, you know. Um, right. I, I I I hate the phrase uh, "pull yourself up from your bootstraps" because that's dumb as hell and that's not possible. <laughs> you can't possibly grab right. your bootstraps and pull yourself up. That's stupid. I don't know who the hell made that term up. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, you still gotta work though. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta you gotta create some sort of plan for money flow and income. And you got to work that. And then after you work that, 
you got to find a way to make that thing work on its own while you're working on something else. And if you don't find a way to do that, you're going to run a rat race the rest of your life. You know what I mean? So, oh, man, what? It's, it's all about coming to understanding. But that's, that's education, you know, that we don't get. You know, th these are things that I've had to go through trials and live, you know, to figure out. But I should have been taught this. I went to school all these years. Why the hell didn't somebody teach me that? Right. So listen, as I put the uh, that video in the chat, I think it's, it's really good, man. I like my main man. Yeah, my main man Jordan Bills. You know, mass brainwashing, and that's just it. So how do you combat something like that? Right. So we can sit here and say, hey, it's brainwashing. That's not the right way. What are the types of things we should be learning in school? How should that go? Because I know I have plenty of ideas, but I have no way of uh, knowing how to execute any of it. Well, first of all, in school, I would like to learn about whatever my background and my heritage is more than being transported on the boat and slapped around. Um, I know there's a lot more to the story than that, you know, uh, so I uh, appreciate that information. Um, I would appreciate some information on how finances work in this country uh, since I'm going to be expected to participate in contribute. giving money to taxes and, and different, you know. Uh, I, I'd like to know how all of that shit works before I get there and somebody starts just taking the money and I have no clue what or why, you know. Um, there's, there's, there's a, a plethora, a plethora, brother, a plethora. Right. So now I'm, I'll keep pointing, going back to this video, man. I really want to get my hands on one a copy of, of the book. What is it? The uh, the conspiracy to destroy black boys, right? Which on the surface sounds very, very uh, what is, what's the word? Inflammatory, right? Especially yes. if you're not a black person. Now, black people, like Bills out there, right? Me or you, we may look at that and be like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. This is what we're trying to implement into our kids to make sure they don't fall into the same traps that either we or people like us did before us. So I'm going to harp on this book, man, because I, I really, I'm glad you even brought that video to my attention. I'm going to get a hold of it and give it a read. But um, one of the things he talks about is how well, like, black boys in particular, in particular, do at fourth. In fourth grade, right? So, in particular, how they, what they do in fourth grade. Oh, see, as you show love. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> So, um, at fourth grade, they do what more they do a lot better than many other demographics. And then there's a turn, there's a switch that goes off from fourth grade to about seventh grade, right? What are some of the reasons that you think that that is? Say that for me one more time. So I was, I was, I was saying hellos real fast. Oh, I saw, I saw, yeah. Um, so. The idea of Dr. Kunjufu's you know, book, Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys. And one of the biggest things, like, I haven't even got through the video, let alone the, the book, the two volumes. You know, So I pulled out of that the idea that up until the fourth grade, black boys in particular, they do better than other demographics. So that includes black girls, 
black and white, all that, right? Mm-hmm. And then from fourth grade, around fourth grade on, it's a struggle. And a struggle that doesn't really get addressed till they get to that 13 to 18 range, right? When it's already too late. Well, we change. Everybody changes. And if if we don't get instruction that changes with us, then we overrun that instruction. Um, we are men. We are we're boys. We're, we're we're turning into men. We conquer shit, you know. And uh, if you are not meeting that with the same feeling, yeah, we may overrun you, and 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 then that may be deemed as a uh, insubordinate or whatever you choose to call it, whatever label you put on it. But at the end of the day, um, and using coaching in sports as an example, if I can't translate what's in my head into your game, I failed, not you. You know, mm. so, uh, amen. bad coaches out here. Bad coaches bad out coaches. here. Bad teaching all around. You know, and it's weird. It, it feels, and I always, I try to be very careful of how I say these things, right? Because I feel like I have enough information to just make the call that like, man, this is intentional, right? It's a, it is a conspiracy, X, Y, Z, right? So, well, I'm going to try to switch that up because I'm trying to reach more people because we, we need bigger uh, participation and engagement. So I'm gonna try to put it this way. I mean, whether, whether it's a conspiracy or not, you look at what it is, and what it is is not in our favor. So if that's mm-hmm. what do we do? We have to start doing something, or we do nothing, and, and we stay stepped on, you know. Right. And you know, well, what I was getting at is that it feels intentional, right? That's the word. I'm gonna use the word feels. It feels intentional. So it feels intentional because it seems to only be um affecting a certain group of people in, in a certain way right when you look at the numbers of how many uh black men are in prison right how many people are uh, i like how you pointed out being institutionalized right not only just from hospital you know i don't have insurance so i'm, I'm just out of commission until i heal natural use all these natural remedies or even uh mental institutions get checked in for a reason and you just you check out and you end up homeless versus being reinserted right and going reinserted back into society in a fruitful Mm -hmm. way right so it feels intentional when it only affects or when it looks like it only affects a certain group of people but what i've been trying to get across to different people is we can say it's just black because of those numbers can prove it but it's a bigger issue throughout many different communities who are lacking resources, right? Look at that face. Look at that face. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Keep keep it going. Keep, keep no, so going. my my idea of looking at this, like going back to the school thing, how we should be taught. When I'm looking at, you know, people with these VR headsets, for instance, right? We could literally sit these kids in class, put some goggles on them, and have them explore the inner workings of a a cell. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like field trips, hey, put them goggles on. We about to go to Africa and and get a little quick history lesson, right? So, 
Yeah, so it's possible, right? Why isn't it being done? I believe, you know, like you said, it feels intentional. And um, I feel like if you keep a mind trapped, it, it won't expand. And by that, I mean, the less you see, the less you know, the less you want to know, the less prone you are to venture out and find out. You know, um, when you see these images and these visions and these different, you, you really want to go see some other things outside of the neighborhood store in the mall. You know, there's there's a lot out here in this land that we live on. You know, uh, people are so anxious to travel the country and, and go to all these different places. And you, you don't want to know where you live. You know, you have to travel where you live. You know, um, There's so much to know. But if you sit still, you you never find out. Man, that's powerful. That is powerful. Well, how do we see? I keep going with these questions, man. <laughs> I keep going with these questions. So I'm I'm gonna while we even ended up on a topic like this, we had a buddy of ours mention on their podcast how EA Cox Middle School in Columbia, Tennessee, for the entire eighth grade at one point, I think it was reported. There was a teacher. You know, they were fouling them into gymnasiums and giving kind of generalized lessons because there's a huge lack of uh, of teachers, right? So if you're telling us how important education is, how important it is to know arithmetic, how to read, and all these things, but you only have a single teacher for a whole uh, eighth grade class, there's a huge misconnect there. Absolutely. Uh, The basketball team has usually at max 13 to 14 players. There's three or four coaches, you know, Mm -hmm. because they really want us to know something. They really want to teach us something. Um, Everything is, is broken down, you know, everything's pyramid style, you know what I mean? And, uh, right. But in order to, you, you you can't have one and then five. Right. And if you do, you're not going to reach those five the way you would with four above them that would speak to them and deal with them, you know. Uh, so, yeah, the more to marry in that situation. Right. And I'm glad you brought up ratios, right? Because when you talk about these ratios out here, so Tennessee statewide, uh, it kind of falls in line with Murray County with 15 to 1 ratio. Now, that's tricky, right? Because within Murray County, Spring Hill High School is counted, right? I believe Columbia Academy, which is a private school, is counted. They just kind of do an overall, like, compared to the, you know, the students and teachers. So that gets averaged out to not seem as bad as it is. It's like I just said one teacher for the entire eighth grade class, how does that not kind of sway the ratio? But on the flip note, if you look at a school like a a Brentwood or, you know, these private institutions on average across the the country, it's somewhere around 10 to 12 to one on top of a myriad of different resources that aren't available to most uh, public schools, right? 
So again, we're missing something here. When that guy in that video is stating that it takes about twenty five hundred dollars to uh, for each child in Head Start versus thirty six to thirty seven thousand dollars per person who's incarcerated, how is this number not being flipped? Why is it a, a, such a difficult thing to to just say, hey, I don't care what it costs. I don't care what taxes I need to pay or anything. We need to get this taken care of. They're going to swipe that card until every single American child is fed, is clothed, has a decent home, right, and has whatever resources they need in order to you know, perpetuate this home. American dream and this education thing that we keep saying that's important, but you're not – doing whatever is necessary to make sure everyone has a fair chance. <laughs> so maybe that's not the goal. You know, um, maybe. Okay, how so? I, I just feel like um, if there's a problem of any kind, you, you're not going to, you're not going to start at the top at the surface trying to fix it. You're going to go to the basic mm -hmm. problem. You know what I mean? And I've yet to see anybody, even attempt to go to the base of the problem. If we're talking about um, twenty five hundred versus thirty six thousand, um, you lock a nigga up and get him out the way. You've done just that. Uh, there's been right. no rehabilitation or anything of the such. Um, right, man. Start with the child and train. They put it in the book. You know, train the child up. As if that's what it says to me. So if 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 I start with the child then I may have the byproduct that I so desire at the end of this race, you know, but uh, without that, you know, if I just take somebody that I feel like you've done wrong, I throw you in a cage and, and treat you uh, at, the, at the harshest of manners uh, and then release you. <laughs> I don't, I don't see how that, uh, is rehabilitating in, in, in any sense. Right. Especially when 85% or so go back to jail. Especially once you strip me of the the rights that you say I'm naturally reserved to have. Um, you know, you, you, you set me free in, in the world that we know is chaotic and fucked up and tell me I can't even protect myself. Um, you tell me I don't have the right to vote tell me I don't have the right to live in certain areas. You know what I mean? Um, and this is this is detrimental to right. whomever this affects. Um, and that whomever it affects is a large quantity, a very large quantity. Um, and once you're eliminated from that race, uh, nobody has to compete with you. Mm. And um, you look at yourself if you look like me or yourself uh we, we are probably not people that you would want to compete with on average so if i can get these guys out of the way it'd be to my better right maybe maybe that's what's happening <laughs> i don't know well see hey you're more like me we, we try to cover ourselves with just in case and maybes and and things like that so i'm, I'm gonna go to this uh yeah. It's theconversation.com, right? There's an article that says what it means to be black in the American educational system. Okay. And bear with my ill readings. You look, I'm trying. 
So it says educators and researchers have referred to this phenomenon as the uh, fourth grade failure syndrome for black boys. Early childhood educator Harry Morgan suggested that this phenomenon occurred during the time, uh, this time during that fourth grade area. Uh, the classroom environment changes between the third and fourth grade from a socially interactive style to more of an individualistic competitive style. So remember that word competitive. This change in style is counter to the more communal and cooperative cultural learning environment, which according to research, black students tend to prefer. The fourth grade failure syndrome refers to a bias uh, in schools, e.g. Um, cultural insensitivity, disproportionately harsh discipline, lower teacher expectations and ratios, tracking black students into special education or remedial classes. Um, that has cum a cumulative effect of diminishing black students, especially boys, enthusiasm and motivation for school. So the idea of it, it goes from being interactive to more of a competitive sit down and, you know, mm, do what I tell you, how I tell you, when I tell you, all that sort of thing. So so what you're saying is instead of instead of teaching, the focus becomes sit down and shut up more than yes. uh, actually teaching you something. So you're more worried about the fact that I like to stand up and move than you are effectively teaching me a lesson. Because you could take me standing up and moving and turn it into the lesson, but you right. just choose not to me and tell me, sit down, shut up. And when I don't, then I'm labeled, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, nuisance. A nuisance or a, right. a behavior problem, or, or then I'm placed into some classes that I don't belong in. I'm actually smarter than little Timmy. But little Timmy can sit in his seat longer than I can. I I, I got to get up and move. And instead of mm -hmm. teaching me on the go, you stick me in a class and give me medicine and rule me out. Like that's, that's not the way to go. Right. And then when you're and done with school age, teachers in those in those ranges. If you know little black boys change in the fourth grade or around there. Then I mean, hey, we need to be uh, looking at getting some more teachers in that range. I would say, um, personally, in the fourth grade, uh, I was admitted to go to a gifted school. I was considered a gifted student. Um, I went to school and I kind of acted ass from time to time, and the teacher noticed it. But I always did my work. It was always right. It was always completed quickly. And I would sit around and talk, you know, be a class clown or whatever. Um, instead of uh, labeling me a horrific student, she noticed that the work was too easy. She took me to the principal's office. She told the principal, I thought I was in trouble, but she told the principal, hey, look, um, you're being a little rambunctious in class and this and that started off bad. And then she said, uh, but I think it's because this work is too easy. And uh he gets it all done, it's all correct, this and that. I think we need to, you know. So it went from the conversation to actually making me take some tests. I passed all the tests. Um, after that, they told me, hey, we're gonna give you a higher class work for the remainder of the year. That was cool, no problem. 
But the problem came in when they told me they was going to switch my school. You know what I mean? And uh, I watched all these shows. At the time, Smart Guy was out. You know what I mean? And uh, they made him go to high school, and it was hell for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, they wasn't trying to make me go to high school, and then, but they was going to put me in another school with only gifted kids, which meant probably wasn't going to be many kids that looked like me or acted like me or felt like me or wanted to play basketball or general shit that I like to do. Yes, I like to you know, being smart was cool at that time. Um, nobody had downed it. Nobody had shitted on me for being smart yet. <laughs> you know, um, right. there came a period of time in life where people did. People thought because of the way I spoke, you think you're smarter than me. No, nigga, this is the way I talk. Um, I can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? But I believe in when you communicate, making it effective and if I communicate with you and you don't understand anything I said, what the hell was I talking for? So it may come off kind of teacherish when I talk, but I don't have any intention behind it other than making sure you understood what I said, you know? Um, and that's the basis of communication as far as I understand. You know, so. That's incredible. Well, even how you put that, right? A teacher noticed you. Like, I wonder if she was trained to notice or did, is this, just something she knows on her own. I think she just gave a fuck. And I think if you don't naturally care, then you will deem a child to be a behavioral problem versus trying to figure out how you, if it was your child, you wouldn't just name them a behavioral problem. You try to figure yeah. out how to work with them. But since it's not your child, you just don't care. You know what I mean? And yes, you're right. Um, a lot of parents do throw the kid his way as well. Um, mm-hmm. so, and, and as, as we've said before, it, it, it takes, you know, the teacher and the parent with the student to formulate mm-hmm. what we're trying to formulate. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that triangle that we talked about, right? Yeah. Parents role is very important. It's just, we're talking about the teachers, but without an effective parent, you know, teacher can drill all day and that don't mean shit and vice versa, you know, without an effective teacher the parent can drill all day, send the student to school, a child to school, and that's just cut up time for them. It's just fuck off time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, you, they, they have to have that structure. You know what I mean? Um, and like you said, unfortunately, the structure that the school is creating is, is simply that bell system, that cattle call to get you to, to, to learn to stand up, sit down, move, go, stop. You know what I mean? Red light, green light, you know, that shit starts real early. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, like you said, it's just a programming stage, you know. Well, this is why I like including other uh, demographics as well, right? Because the idea that these teachers who may or may not care or even the parents who may or may not care, that comes from I need this job and I'm thinking about how to pay all these bills, how to feed my kids and like it's today's times we are very easily distracted out of necessity right Absolutely. so you think about that the states aren't that's, that was that was that's that's i don't think that's just today's times that's that's been as long as we've been free you know what i mean the day we were set free first off the day we were set free they didn't tell us dirty mother uh anyway uh you know Whenever the word got around and we found out, uh, 
we had to start from scratch. And and I don't I don't feel like that was simple for anybody. You know what I mean? Especially with a lack of education. And we're still there. We're still but what, but what that sounds like to me is, is the current day Coke brothers, right? Or you know, Coca-Cola company. The idea that they get together with big tobacco companies and some other companies and formulate a dare program to keep kids off drugs. You remember that? You know, Officer Martin and all that, Officer Perry coming through and talking to uh, kids. You remember the D.A.R.E. program? It still goes on today. Did Coca-Cola really get with somebody and do that? Bro, I have got to find this article and stuff. So it's Coca-Cola. I think it's like Camel. and Like, basically anybody. Coca-Cola that had cocaine in the, in the pop? Them, I'm them about guys. to look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, I feel like Coca leaves, right? I don't think it was the the chemical <laughs> compound. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right. Listen, man, hey, I'm more concerned about the high fructose corn syrup, right? At okay. least there's rehab for uh for cocaine. <laughs> and uh what is it? Gluten? Gluten? Don't put no gluten in my shit. Oh yeah, man. I, I want it gluten. You think for about, if you think about people who serve alcohol, who serve tobacco, right? Who serve you know these sugary drinks, these people getting together, creating the dare program to keep kids off drugs, until later, you know, especially the big tobacco companies, as they're kind of just withering away, they are buying up land instead of growing tobacco, they're growing marijuana, right? And they're very present in all these states that are popping up as far as making it legal. So as soon as oh, they're able to serve the, huh? You mean prohibition has been active, but as soon as they lift the laws of prohibition, they're going to run rampant with it? Is that what you're saying to me? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm getting to <laughs> what you were saying with the teaching. So like the idea that you can't do this because we care about you, it's bad for you, right? Until they're able to produce it themselves. So instead of having this stuff out there to compete with them, they are now the ones who are providing the product, right? Absolutely. So it's a matter of following finances of who is donating where, which is so crazy. This idea that all this stuff is for a good chunk of it done right out in the open. But the idea is it's putting bills and legislation and all that. You know, that's where it is, where it's just technically public. We can go look at some stuff right now to figure out who is putting their money where their mouths are, right? Because Coca-Cola can say all day that we care about black kids, but if you are contributing to private prisons, do you? And if you have people on the hill at the Capitol fighting against Head Start and, you know, universal health care and all these sorts of things, do you really care, right? Even the idea that we talked about, when do you stop? Like, what do you set your cap at as far as helping people, especially people on the right who like to, you know, hold up a Bible and say, you know, hey, God said to take care of the babies. Like, that's fine. But what do you do between zero and nine? What are you doing for those same kids, black, white, otherwise, from nine to 13? What are you doing beyond that? You know what I mean? So the idea that they're doing all this stuff in, pub in public but they put it in a bunch of legislation that you have to read through pages and pages and pages of work, right? But at the same time, they're keeping you, you know, kind of down and keeping you distracted with, we're not going to pay you a decent wage, right? Matter of fact, we're going to make it easier for your mama to leave your father, 
right? Matter of fact, don't even worry about your father. We have him hemmed up in the prison system. And how this thing just keeps feeding itself, this crazy cycle. You said it goes all the way back to, you know, slavery. Like, of course, of course, that thing wasn't, you know, it wasn't widely known for one thing. And for two, it wasn't, uh, there was no real preparation until they knew exactly how can we keep all these black people in line? As soon as they had a way, okay, let's go ahead and sign this treaty, whatever it is, and make, you know, slavery. We're going to outlaw slavery, right? Mm -hmm. But the idea not that in most of these places. But not until we got a plan of what we're going to do with these niggas first. We can't just right. let these niggas go without a plan of what we're going to do. With right. Them. Well, people don't even understand that, like, police in this country was made out of necessity, right? The idea that we had to get a group of people together, we have to arm them, give them some legal recourse to, quote-unquote, capture people who are behind on debt. And how do you pay that debt back? Well, you come here and you work on my farm. But it's still slavery, especially when you're scooping up people who are not even trying to work on your farm, right? Look, I'm I'm going to take whatever I have. I'm going to move my family on. I'm gonna... did, did they have... Uh, a, a law system before then? No, it was more like a, um, I don't want to say like a lynch law, Willie Lynch law and all that sort of thing. But the idea just that there was no police system. Like even if you look at overse overseers, right? Yes. Office, I mean, overseer, office, this guy. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> overseer, officer. Okay, I, I see the wordplay there, man. Yeah, it's man. It's <laughs> say it's not play it's real okay <laughs> right but the idea that like if even if you look at policing in other countries like there is a usually a federal mandate everyone has to fall in line under these laws but here states rights right so what you get hemmed up for in tennessee or alabama may not be even an issue in a washington state or new york you know what i mean we don't even have a federal police guideline it was that way it's not anymore Linked together, oh, they they have as they continue to build stronger and better databases, they use them for different purposes. You cannot believe that the only way that they're using this networking scheme of Facebook and Instagram and every other thing for just fun, uh, yeah, they they use that the way they use that. But I'm saying there's no mandate, right? That's not like, so an officer who messes up in California may not get the same jail time or anything for the same sort of, uh, uh, you know, crime in California as they would in Alabama. That's what I'm talking an about. Officer. An officer, right? If an officer is found, first of all, I, I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment. But the idea that in this country, each state's laws that are on the book are different, right? But if you go to Europe, the police are just the police, Absolutely. and no matter what city they are, they you know they they fall under certain guidelines. But I'm saying Absolutely. how all of that goes back to you know slavery, right? Like we talked about before, because of slavery, right? The idea that the policing in this country started with a lot of kidnappings, right? It started with brutality. It was never like, oh, the police were this, and now we got a few bad apples. Like, no, the whole thing was built on, okay, we got to make it look good. 
like because even further, one thing that never gets talked about is how um, European countries threaten to cut ties with America if they allow slavery to remain legal. Because you know, a lot of other places got rid of it a lot sooner, right? So all these things are kind of working together to say, okay, we got to make it look good, but how do we keep our biggest resource right in check mm -hmm. and then in line? Absolutely, that, that, it, it, it would seem as if it was something that was done, you know, no, because it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? But uh, really, their hand was just forced. You know, uh, and then since their hand was forced, they had to uh, bring in the PR agent and, and make it look good. You know what I mean? Uh, that's one of the oldest professions around, I guess, is, 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 is cleaning things up, you know, making something ugly look pretty. Um, mm -hmm. And coincidentally, if you look up the definition of politician, that might run together. Uh, <laughs> Uh, pilot, the, the, can you get you got something you can look that up real quick? Do it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get the definition of politician. All right, politician. A lot, now. Things, a, lot, a lot of things are right in our face, man. But you know, lack of intelligence, man, is is, is tough, and that's why education is important. All right, which is crazy. So. On the surface, right, it tells you kind of exactly what a politician is. A person who is professionally involved in politics, especially as a holder of a uh, of a holder of or a candidate for an elected office, right? A local politician. But if you keep reading down, you know, a person who acts in a manipulative and devious way, typically to gain advancement within an organization. Ooh. So the label of the niggas that we got. Running. But if you call somebody a gangster, it's a bad thing. But I call you a politician, and right. it's cool. You know, all right. It's all about the better story, isn't it? I mean, there's a reason all, why the Quran and the Bible have has survived for so long. Like we are, I'm saying, humans in general are people who gravitate towards and who enjoy uh, stories, right? Presentation. Now, the story is, is that the presentation of the Bible came from chopping people's heads off, leaving them on pipes in the sand, and telling the rest of the people that if you don't get down with this, this will be your fate. So the presentation of that was very serious, <laughs> you know, uh, allegedly. <laughs> no, it's pretty, I mean, depending on what era you're talking about, it's, it's pretty, uh, again, one of those things that, they hide a, a bunch of things in, in the book, right? A lot of this stuff is public knowledge. A lot of it, the information is out there. But want to hide something from a nigga, put it in a book. Absolutely. There we go. So, and then, so those are the things that we're trying to change, right? How do we expand that? And you hit on it earlier. It's going to be an individual effort. You got to do it within yourself first, right? It's like the old, how does the old analogy go? If you ride on an airplane, you hit that turbulence and those oxygen masks drop down, you got to put your mask on first so you have the ability to help the person on either side of you, right? So it comes with educating yourself. It comes with expanding, you know, you to a point where you can, you know, you can help the next person, whether it be your significant other, your children, People in your community, if you're a coach, your players, 
so on and so forth, right? Absolutely. I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. Shout out right. to Jay-Z. <laughs> Where's the music time, man? I don't know why I went straight to Steve Harvey, who's like, the best thing you can do for a poor person is not be one of them, which sounds hey. super callous, right? But how What's true that, is man? that, man? Yeah. How true is that? Yeah, you're going to add to the population or diminish it. You know. Right. So we're gonna dive into this more as we go along, man. I've kept you for long enough. Um yeah, we got a lot to discuss. Got to, just glad we got to do it. It was it was it was uh tough to get to, you know, and 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 for those who who, who were, were on the stream or watched this back, um I, this is my phone, this is my cell phone. And I, I, I called in from the car. Um, you know, um it's not a number. It's a, it's a link. There'll be a usually there's a description box. You click the link that allows you to join the show. So uh, don't be timid about trying to join the show or call in. It's very simple, especially if you've already got Facebook or Instagram or something like that downloaded. It's usually like only a couple prompts. But uh, yeah, man, uh, interesting discussion, man. Hopefully, you know, y'all go back and like you said, the, the video he dropped in the uh, in, in the description or in the comments. Check that out, man. A lot of useful information. Uh, no matter who you are, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So, man, going back to that, I'm trying to find a good example, and I can't find one at the time better than um, than lose um, my two two of thought here. Life of the Frederick Douglass, right? The first time Frederick Douglass, you know, this is an intellectual. But before that, he was just a regular slave who just, you know, he had some thoughts, but he kept it to himself and he knew to observe and he knew, he understood to try to avoid some of the hurts and pains of slavery. But he also understood that some stuff you can't avoid. When he talks in his book about, um, you know, the the trickster and the, the slave master, right? The idea that I am going to, you know, the person who was in charge of bringing the slaves or uh, the slave master's horse, right? It was a good job compared to the other ones. But if you brought the horse too slowly, you're getting, you know, whipped. If you brought the Absolutely. horse too fast, you're getting whipped. Like the idea that that's when it clicks for him that, man, there's, there's really no way out of this. Okay, so I'm just going to deal with a bunch of stuff. On one hand, but on the other hand, you know, I, I can avoid a lot. And that's how he had set himself up to live the rest of his life until he got a mistress who started to teach him how to read. And the slave master comes home and, you know, throws a fit because you can't teach him how to read and how afraid he was that she was showing him this. And then he got curious. Frederick Douglass, Frederick Douglass knows that all I want to do now is learn how to read because if it's that important for him to keep me from it, it needs to be even more important for me to run and straight to that, it. That right there, and, and I'll use a separate person because I did not read that book, although I did do one of my first book reports ever as a kid on Frederick Douglass, but uh, Booker T. Washington, uh, mm. similar situation where uh, he had a yearning to learn to read because it was kept from us. It was kept from him. 
it was kept from everybody around him. Nobody knew, you know what I mean? Um, and he began to see the power in it. And uh, similar story, like you said, just vowed to himself that that's what he was going to do. If, if, if nothing else in his lifetime, he was going to learn that. And of course, he went on to learn that many other things and be held as, you know, uh, a great black man. Uh, the rest is history, as they say. The rest is history. You know, reading is important because the thoughts and things that people have recorded or information that they want you to have, it's how they left it. And they wrote it down. And if you don't read it or hear it or you know, nobody tells you of it. This whole space in history just dies. And you start from scratch when you could have read this shit and been up on the game versus starting from scratch. And I'm teaching myself that in my 30s. You know, don't wait till your 30s to start reading these books and understand you should have opened up a long time ago because you could have been light years ahead in this information uh, where you physically even are, you know. Um, I'm in a decent place, but I understand that with this information, with this knowledge, I could have been down by the Joneses, uh, which is what we all struggling to do, right? So uh, I plan to make sure my child has everything that I have via giving it to him out of my mouth while I'm here, and anything that I can record in any sense that might be helpful to him so that he doesn't start from scratch. There's no reason for that. You know what I mean? You shouldn't, as black people, like we hand shit down that was written down, but it's only recipes. You know, you got your great, great grandmama's recipe for, for the green yeah. macaroni and it's dope. But did nobody have anything written down for finances? Nobody knew anything about credit. Nobody had any health things written down. Nobody, you know what I mean? Record some shit that matters. I would say for people, you know, be encouraged that if you're a person who makes it out of a tough situation, don't be afraid to give that information back to the person behind you and encourage them Absolutely. to pass it along. There are two, it's too often. Are not only for church. Right. So it's too often right that we um i mean yeah if you really take a step back and look at how the systems are set up it's set up in a way you know before i give you the last word here it's set up in a way that i can implement an idea in a group of people that you know look at someone who's different as the other and an enemy someone to be you know made fun of or picked on or kicked out the village the idea that Jesus Christ himself in the Bible is being made fun of by his siblings in his hometown. And the Bible says he couldn't, he could do no miracles there, save for healing of the sick, a few sick people and whatnot, right? The idea that Jesus Christ himself goes back to his hometown with all his glory and like, look, man, here's what y'all need. I'm like, ah, oh, man, we know you get out of here. You know what I mean? He gets chased out of his own town, man. You know, they're saying, how's it go? A uh, prophet can't, you know, how, well how you going How and that's true, and I and that's totally messed up. But how you yeah. gonna downplay him and say, 
he he healed a few people, but uh, you know, whatever. Nigga, you right. can't heal nobody. So I used to die. Whatever, man. Sorry. Right. Well, but that's how it's written. The idea of like great miracles, right? He's going from town. Like, imagine if one of us becomes a rock star and they're going town to town selling out arenas. Right. Now I can go to Columbia and maybe barely fill up the you know UAW hall. You know what I mean? The idea is like, oh, he, you know, he's playing stadiums over here, but when he got to his hometown, not much of a reception, right? Because they felt like because of how the system works. The system is set up in a way that it's already you're taught to look at someone like the other, right? Look at him. He, he's too good. He talk white Oh, whatever it is. Right. But I want to encourage people who are reading and getting some real life experience outside of their communities to go back and give as much back as possible. And you're going to be met. You're going to be met with some opposition. But I encourage people. You know, as I give Mr. Rich here the last word, I encourage people to keep trying. You know, don't stay Get there, drop some gems and keep moving on, you know, stay on your path. But don't be discouraged because what that does is we like, okay, y'all don't appreciate this, these gems. Fine. I'm going on to the Joneses and then beyond, you know, and then you'll get people talking about how, oh, he don't even come back to the, to the, to the hood no more. You know, all this kind of stuff, right? We got to get over that. We just simply have to. Mr. Rich, last word. Hey, man. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in as usual. Uh, this has been Urban Academia. Um, this is our uh, continued conversation on the culture. Uh, next time, you know, and in the future, we really would like your uh, interaction with the show uh, take it to another level. And uh, in the meantime, in between time, man, you know, don't be good. Be great. You know, we'll holler at you. Please.